Metricast. His parent had passed and did not transition. But when you help that parent who's passed away transition to the other side, they're able to return and stand next to their son and say, move to the left, move to the right, move to the left. And our soul group on the other side, which is so powerful, soul groups are weaved together through unconditional love. That is in essence, God essence. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, to the Cosmic Love Antenna, another episode of your weekly inner exploration so you can connect to your loving expression out there into the universe where I, your host, Harrison, with the beautiful guest who I'm going to get the privilege to introduce in a second here, really set the loving intention to pull back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. And if you found yourself on this show, on this episode, welcome. If you're a regular listener, I appreciate you. I love you. If you're a new listener here today, I'm excited to take you on this deep dive into all things health and spirituality and all of the layers that, you know, in this world can sometimes restrict our beautiful expression from going through. So we're here today to really help you through that. If you get a bit of value out of this chat today, what you can do to help me and the beautiful listener is share this episode. Right, share the episode without with the, some of the messages that are coming through this. Who knows who it can help? Your friends, your family members, the beautiful people in your life. Remember, you can also support the show by leaving your beautiful reviews on Apple and Spotify. And if you're looking to join a community around this podcast, you can now join the Cosmic Love Antenna Facebook group. But with that, I want to introduce the powerful being that I have on the show today that I'm going to dialogue with. Isabeau Maxwell is a powerful intuitive. She is a spiritual coach. She is a medium. She's a founder of the Sage Method. And she's a beautiful soul that I've been so excited to dive deep with ever since we had a quick chat. What we're going to get into today, just to give a summary here, we're going to get into all things ghost, ghost whispering, what it means to be a medium, what it means to have communication with these beautiful beings, what it means, what is the what is the life what is the in-between, the life, the in-between, the importance of this work and crossing souls over. With that, Isabeau, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. Like you, like you mentioned, we chatted and ever since I was, I was looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. And people don't know this, but you know, maybe your followers do, but definitely people that are new to your voice, you're traveling, you're on the road. And, you know, I was just telling you before we started recording, when we, when we can go out and about like that, especially when we talk about this spiritual topic today, you know, you're really connecting to God on an everyday basis, right? Everyday basis. We've been full-time traveling for almost two years yeah. around the United States. And just to be in different states, different cities, different counties, different towns, you meet different people and the energy shifts constantly. And it's had its challenges, but more so it's been really a blessing. Mm. It's been really amazing. Yeah. And when we had a chat last time, we made a, you made a joke with me, a very real joke that 
and we'll get into this today, but you sort of walk into situations and sort of things come in. You, you come across situations in which your sort of work becomes very important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of my biggest spiritual tasks here in this, this round that I'm in over earth is to help souls cross over. And it's really close to my heart. I would say the majority of them are individuals, spirits that I run into uh, along the way. So having packed everything up and, you know, traveled every one to two weeks to a new location has really upped that, that transitioning process. Can, let me ask a question about this. This is already going off script. I love it. That were you given that message like to, you know, I, you were sharing with me in our previous chat, you know, you had a, another life where you're doing all these beautiful things and now you're in this sort of traveling mode. That, that choice that you made to go on that traveling mode, was that just a, oh, this feels good? Or was there more to that choice? I had a moment back in 2011 where m- myself, my teenage boys, we did four months in an RV cross country. And I had one of those pivotal exchanges that you have with a stranger. And he was an older gentleman and he felt compelled to come over to me and shake my hand. And he asked me, you know, how long have we been on the road? I said, just four months. And he looked me deep in the eyes and he said, promise me one thing that you will get back to this and you will continue to do this before you get old. And I just, I said, I promise, sir, I promise, sir. And and I kept it light, but it was one of those exchanges that was just meant to be. And that never left me. It never left me. So two years ago, I just said to my partner, "I, I think this is it. I think this is where we need to do it because it had been on my mind ever since. And he said, all right, let's jump. Let's jump right off the cliff and do it. And we had an apartment, we didn't renew, you know, and we've been on the road ever since. Have you sat with that message? Have you, I mean, I can, I definitely get downloads when I hear that in terms of, you know, I know this kind of work, especially in this, you know, collective climate that we're in with all the things happening in the world, the work that you do, the work that I do, the work that so many people that come on the show do, it's so needed in this world at the moment. But for you as the individual, did you get an impression of why that was such a a push in your opinion? I felt as if I was being in a loving way set up for being available to different locations, different areas at different times. I do feel uh, I'm an energy worker that is just like all the other energy workers asked to do what they can do to work with those on the other side, work with the people that are here existing currently in this lifetime to be able to balance the best that we can. And when we, you know, packed up, walked out that front door, loaded on up and started to travel, it was there times were changing here in America, but they hadn't reached the point that they had reached, you know, currently. And so we've witnessed things get a little bit more difficult over the last two years, a little bit more tense uh, and shaky. And it's been a blessing to be able to go into different areas and sit with the earth, sit with the land, 
uh, cleanse it of negativity, fill it with some positivity and see if there can't be some balancing to be done. So I do feel like that was one of those messages that came in long before I had any concept of what the reason would be that I would be working in, in all these different locations instead of one. But now it makes sense to me. It all comes together. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me too, my friends, and not, not even connecting it to your beautiful journey, but I think just for people listening, and I'll just sprinkle this in and then we'll, we'll get into some other beautiful questions here, but I just want people to feel into the idea that, yes, we are souls, Isabeau's a soul, I'm a soul, we're on our journeys, but so is the earth, right? The earth has a beautiful soul that she is on. She is on her ascension progress process and progress, uh, much like us. And if we're pulled to something greater than us, it's a really good idea to maybe factor in that, right? And see, oh, what's what's going on here? How can I be of greater service? Not just to the collective of people, but this beautiful soul that we're on top of. So it's when you say cleanse the energy, you know, to me, that just hits that heart space. Um, Isabel, let's... I want to ask you about a particular part of your history because I think it really sets up this uh, conversation that we're going to have today. And it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you spent a big part of your life, not in this realm, you, you spent a big part of your life. uh, I don't want to say as a skeptic, but, you know, more sort of left brained or maybe sort of you know, the sort of the, on the opposite end of the scale of where you would find yourself now. So I'm wondering if you could speak briefly about how that transition occurred and how you ended up being where you are now in this beautiful RV that I see you in. (laughs) I was a skeptic. Yeah. I'm just going to, let's just rip that bandaid off. I was, I, I wouldn't say that I was an active skeptic pushing you know, my beliefs in any direction. It was more that that wasn't real intuition, psychics, mediums, spirituality, that stuff wasn't real. And I didn't have any time for it or space for it. Religion, spirituality was not included in my upbringing. My upbringing was based on uh, science and uh, technology and, and education and all of that. I literally got a degree in college in mathematics, it was, I was very one plus one equals two. I still am very much so. But if someone said to me, Hey, do you want to get a reading? My response would be, well, no, that's their scam artists. Like that's not real. And that was the belief structure that I was raised around. I don't think it was necessarily based in negativity. I think it was just, it was always kept, you know, my mom kept at a certain distance and I just followed suit really. Mm -hmm. And I was 32. My grandmother passed away. And within a couple of hours, not much longer after I was blessed to be on the phone with the family when she uh, made her transition, but I hung up the phone. I went out to my living room and I was standing there trying to figure out what to do. And she showed up in my living room. She, Mm -hmm. and it, it frightened me. I want to say that I wish I could go and say, oh, it was this beautiful moment. It wasn't. It was every horror movie I'd ever seen come to life in a second because I, that's all I knew. <laughs> and and Isabel, just, just so people are clear, because I know that there's a lot of uh, clear sense orientated, beautiful souls listening. How did you 
perceive this person is it was we just seeing seeing the entity was it a feeling was it a hearing how did you how are you perceiving it absolutely it was a, it was visual yeah and she was directly in front of me yeah. she was also i would i would say about 70% solid and this happened once after that, I couldn't see her for a very long time, but I could feel her and I could, uh, I knew she was near me. I could feel that. So it was a one time moment. And looking back, I know because she's just Harrison, she's such a sweetheart. She's just a sweet, sweetheart, but she's also kind of cheeky. And I know that she knew what I needed and she knew that she had to shift me and she knew it had to be big because if it was anything remotely close to, you know, a light experience that I could write off, I would have written it off. I would have said, no, this isn't it. So that was the strongest I have ever seen her still to this day. You know, when I see her now and communicate with her, it's very much in my mind's eye, but this one, I mean, she was in the living room, turned and winked at me and then disappeared. And as frightening as that was, I had no choice but to explore if this was real. And I afterwards, I continued to feel her. I could feel this rush, you know, like when you go over a roller coaster, that kind of rush would come through. And, and I could also smell her from time to time. We all have that wonderful smell from our grandmothers that we remember. And, you know, I started to find people that could maybe help me a local Tai Chi instructor, um, just anybody that I could start to talk to you because I didn't have anyone in my circles that wouldn't think I was crazy. And shortly after, I would say a handful of months later, I, I remember saying to her, I, I said, I love you, hun. I need proof because I, 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 if I'm dealing with grief, I need to get help. I'm raising two kids. I'm trying to be logical about this and I need some help. And then she, she delivered uh, significant amounts of proof for me and I've never turned back. That was really the tipping point, but she was my guide into this realm. It's such a beautiful story, Elizabeth, and thank you for sharing it. A few things bubble up for me. So first of all, it's really interesting to compare your story to what happens to a human being in general when we need to see something that is that is going unseen. So what I mean by this is, you know, a lot of people listening to the show, a lot of the work that I do in the world is helping people heal, much like you. But let's use the example of a physical ailment, right? Where where does disease or deep chronic pain come in? Why does it come in? Many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that we're not seeing the thing that needs to be seen, right? The 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 symptoms are probably coming up, but maybe we're numbing them out with 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 pharmaceuticals. Maybe we're numbing them out by ignoring them by addictions, right? No judgment here, but this is often a a thing that occurs in the world that we live in. And what will happen with that is something will break, right? Something will break until and we're sort of forced to see the pain teacher, or we're forced to see the thing that needs to be moved through. And I'm getting a lot of parallels with what you're saying, right? It's, it's, this is now happening on sort of a, that same mechanism is now happening on the sort of the spiritual realm. And it just makes me wonder, you know, how many people out there are having the same 
experience, right? How many people are out there and are having this sort of beautiful breaking point where they're just blasted in the face by spirit and God and like, oh, yep, that's this yeah. is it. I'm wondering, maybe yeah. you can comment on that, my friend, because I know you do this kind of work, right? I do. I know, I know a lot of people who yeah. have had moments that were unexplainable. I uh, shook them really out of their routine. You know, like you're talking about with the ailments that shakes us. It, it can rip us out of our routine. And that's what these moments are. I know for me, it's what I needed. I can look back now and say, that's what I need. As scary as the moment was, I am so grateful because my life today is bliss compared to what it was. And this, that that's the story of a healing journey, right? We, we hit that wall. We have that intense moment. And then we have the struggle of healing. I had the struggle of letting go of what people thought of me. I had the struggle of letting go of materialism, the struggle of letting go of, you know, all those things that were blocking my intuition. And that was the process that I had to walk through. And now today I can look back and say, I would do it again. I would do it again. I would do all the hard work. I would, I would take that journey of, you know, fearfulness, really. Yeah. Hindsight. Who am, am I? Hindsight you know? 2020, right? When we look back, mm -hmm. I think that's what I would suggest to skeptics out there. And I don't think there's many skeptics listening to this show, but if you've stumbled, stumbled across this and this is still new to you, first of all, we love you very much. But two is, you know, have an open heart in these situations. And right, there's no... And a lot of fear comes up, right? But often in my experience, fear is not something we need to look away from. Fear is something that we need to surrender into with courage, with compassion, with acceptance, mostly for ourselves. Isabeau, I want to sort of mine that mystical mind of yours now, and I want to throw some terms at you, ask you to maybe explain them in terms of the work that you do. And I want to get into some pieces here that can really you know, with your beautiful foundation of your journey now, give some more education around some of these topics that they are spiritual, they are mystical, but for the skeptic might be, oh, what is this? What's going on? So let's start with medium, being a medium. What, how would you define that? What is a medium for someone new to this, this world? Well, can I first say something really quickly about skeptics? Yeah. Is... I, I love it to any skeptic. I love you. <laughs> I absolutely love you. And I know what that is. And I've run into individuals that have said, oh, we should change a skeptic. And it's like, well, if you stop and think about that, yeah, what a skeptic is, is that's their, not only their journey and that's where they are, but when you rip that security blanket away, mm -hmm. you are asking them to walk through moments of massive readjustment. And when this all opened for me, one of the difficult things that I had to get through was the knowledge that when I lock my door at night, that now doesn't keep everything out. And so it can be a, a uncomfortable experience and everyone needs to step into it if they need to step into it when they step into it. And we love them. Absolutely love everyone exactly where they are. But I just wanted to throw that out there yeah, because it's beautiful. It's grace. We, uh, it's it, grace too, right? It is. Yeah. It is. It really is. And 
we need each person to be here participating and playing their role. And so your job is to love, not to change. Uh, And then when change happens in front of you, how powerful are you to be showing up in a space of love for that? It's really good. But let's get into mediumship. Mediumship for the way that I explain it is intuition is an umbrella and everything falls underneath it. So animal communication falls underneath there. Guide communication falls underneath. Really, the two main categories of of intuition would be psychic and medium. And some people are on one end of the spectrum. Some people like myself, I'm on the far end of the mediumship spectrum. Most people fall in between. But the difference between the two is a psychic can tap into source, to the environment, to a living person, to a place or a location and pick up information. Whereas a medium, it's a communication with another being. Yeah. So with an entity or a being. Yes, exactly. And guide communication works for both. Guide communication is personal. It's connected to you. So it works for both. The mediumship really is communicating with other beings and other uh, souls in order to um, pass on information, even souls that are not directly connected to you as a medium. And the way that I explain it is for me being so far on, on the medium side, if I lose my keys, I can't just tap in to find them. I Mm. have to see if there's someone around that Mm. I could say, Hey, do you know where my keys are? Um, so that's, so it's different for each person, but yeah, that's interesting. Isabel, I have a question for you here that I'm going to throw into this but I love how I love that umbrella analogy of the intuition. That's often sort of been my perception of it too. Is that intuition is the base uh, reality in which we take in take in this download, and then it is expressed outwards in all these many different ways. And I, so I just love I love that image. I, I want to throw a spanner into this. We talked about the psychic. You talked about the mediumship. Just for people, long term listeners, you've probably heard me say this or you're aware of this and I think I might have shared it with you Isabel I can't remember but uh in my spiritual awakening and journey at the moment I'm in a mystery school and part of the mystery school is I'm opening up my channel my channeling ability and my and the channel that's inside of in my opinion each and every one of us and my question for you my friend just in my understanding being a channel that is a sort of another base state much like intuition is and then we can express out from there usually through our clear senses and other spiritual gifts that what the channel is. So whether it's light language, whether it's toning, whether it's, and my understanding, even mediumship. So where in your opinion, your experience does channeling fit into this framework? Channeling for me, I do hold just a slightly, um, slightly different definition, but in this, in this same essence, Harrison, it's the same thing. So I love when we, as I love when two people can say, what about this? What about this? And we come together and say, oh yeah, that's it's, we're talking about the same thing. Intuition is a channel. We have our sixth sense is a channel within us. When information comes in, intuitive information comes into this channel, it comes in through and it expresses out of our five senses. So our sixth sense uses our five senses to deliver information. Now it's unique for each person and it's different for each person. 
one of my strongest is visual. So an intuitive piece of information will come through from a loved one and I will get a visual of what they're trying to show me. In in a small way, that's channeling because the information is channeling through the channel. But when we discuss really um, intense, the purest form of channeling, intuition comes in, it comes through, it selects the, the sense, the one or two sometimes senses, and it's almost like it opens it like a hose. And, and it's not just a blip of water that comes through it. A shift happens when a, a deep channeler opens up to channeling. They take one or two of their senses and they open it so um, strongly that it it's a constant flow. And that's where that channeling comes in. That's where uh, a being or information can come through and, and just speak. Yeah. And we hold that open. So I channel just because information channels through, mm. but really intense. Um, what's the word I want to use? Frequencies. Yeah. Intense frequencies that um, the purest form of channeling is really opening up that spout. So it just goes and it doesn't stop. And that's when we see what we mostly say is channeling. Yeah, it's uh, I love it. Beautiful, my friend. I it's funny as you were sharing that, I was just imagining a world <laughs> in which in which we were all one accepting of this, but two allowing this because this is the cool thing. This is not an Isabeau thing, this is not a Harrison thing. This is something we all have access to innately inside of us and just one point to add to what you're saying with the channeling when we bring in those those more intense frequencies through the senses as you were describing, just be aware everyone tuning in. It doesn't have to be an outside entity. It can be a higher frequency or, a, or a deeper frequency of yourself, right? We are a multidimensional being in many ways. And that's really the profound piece that I'm starting to become aware of is it's beautiful to connect to other entities and channel their information, but it's even more profound channeling, you know, your divine presence or your higher self or other frequencies of your being? What's what's your experience and perspective on that, my friend? It, absolutely. 100%. It, it, it's when I teach uh, my courses, there is, a, there is a moment where, you know, most of my courses are three hours in length. One is, is longer. It's, it's weeks long, but most of my courses are three hours in length. And there comes a moment where, that opens up and I just, I step aside and I just allow. And, and the reason why I love teaching like that is because all of the information that everyone participating in that course needs is going to come through. But if I don't step aside and allow that higher channel to come in of myself and my higher self, along with assistance from you know, my closest guide and such, which again is just another essence of me, right? When I let that all happen, I'm, I'm putting my left brain to sleep. I'm saying, just get out of my way. Because if this human bow and this timeline on earth has an opinion of what should be said in the course, then I'm going to miss everything. 
I'm going to miss everything. And so when you set the intention to have, whether it be a course you're teaching or a session with others, when you set the intention to let your higher self and those higher powers uh, deliver what's necessary for the participants in the room and you take your opinion out, that's where all the good stuff comes. That's where all the good stuff. And I was just talking to somebody about this with mediumship too. They said that they took an evidential mediumship course, which I think is wonderful. I know a few mediums that are evidential where they get very detailed, accurate information, like the fact that you have a mug with a unicorn on it in your kitchen, you know, really detailed information like that. It's a great course, but she said that she really struggled with it. And when we got to talking, I expressed what I've experienced over 15 or so years of doing professional, um, reading sessions with people, I learned very on and a little bit the hard way. I'm not going to lie. Cause you know, I was very analytical. So I thought I always had an opinion on how it should go. I learned that not only did I have to let that opinion go, but when a being or a loved one or a guide would come through, the sooner I got out of my own way on what I thought I needed to ask them, the more the deep information came through as an intuitive, a channeler, a reader is nothing to do with what your human opinion is or brain is, or what you think this person needs. If you just allow the source to speak, then they know because they've got that overview that we don't have. They know exactly what their person needs. And to have that be delivered is great. I will say I don't channel necessarily with one-on-one because I can really hold myself in that space of just repeating, you know, what comes through. But when there's a lot of people participating in a course, I just step out of the way. So I have have a theory with that. (laughs) And it's connected to actually what you're saying before around beautiful skeptic skeptical mind and i would encourage people to go back and listen to an episode i did on the difference between thinking sensing feeling and intuiting and and also an episode on divine gratitude and but just the, the synopsis here is what is what is that divine presence what is that higher self what is are those guides what is if you want to use the word god what is it made of right? What is the name of this podcast? It is love. What is love? Love is unity. Love is coming together. Love is connection. What is the ego mind? What is the human mind? What is it there for? What are its, what are its, what are its main roles? Its main role is to be separate, not out of hate, not out of, out of something evil, but it's there so separation can occur. So love and God can have that connection of itself. So just going with what you're saying, when we are interpreting reality through the ego mind, we must understand that it is coming from a space of separation. And as many of us understand, often that causes resistance, that causes cloudiness, that causes, you know, tension. So I guess just to add this perspective in, when we're getting that channel, when we're connecting to that guide, when we're speaking from divine source and presence, know that it's okay because it's coming from that love space right and it's often and it sounds like you have this experience too that is always going to be for the highest good right mm-hmm. yeah yeah sometimes people are concerned that negative information will come through 
or, or such, or just concern because they've maybe never had an experience with someone who is able to pull in information. Uh, but in my experience, if there's anything that was, has ever been even remotely close to negative, it was always delivered in such a loving and supportive way. And upon asking my guide very early on, what if I get negative information? I don't want to tell someone that he looked right at me and he said, why would, why would we deliver that? Why would we deliver anything that incites fear? Fear is the opposite of what we're trying to guide you to. And I said, okay, well then that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, mind you, there are individuals that are, you know, less than ethical in the world. There's a small number, but when you are with somebody who is, um, functioning from love. Yeah. It, the fear-based information, just it, it's not presented. Well, that's the polarity piece, right? That's the polarity yeah. side of the universe. And we're going to, I want to get to that with spirits and ghosts here. So let's, let's switch gears here a little bit, my friend, and go into, I want to dive into now ghosts and spirits and, and the work, a bit more of the pieces of the work that you do. And Let's now sort of set the foundation here with everything we've talked about thus far. What is the difference, if there is a difference, between ghosts and spirits in your perspective? Let's start with that. I love that question mm. because it's very close to my heart. Mm. I have done uh, what, what I consider crossing over work since I started doing it right around 2007. So I've done a lot of crossing over work in essence, assisting a spirit in their transition if they pause and, or become stuck. And society has, uh, you know, really started to coin the term ghost and by no one's fault, I have seen a transition happen. I go into homes or I work with people who uh, use the words haunting or ghost because that's what our society has presented. But by no one's fault, I think what's happened is that has really dehumanized the quote ghost. And so I prefer to use the word spirit to recognize that this being that we can many times be afraid of initially is a person. And so ghost, when we use the word ghost, it kind of neglects the humanity of it. It neglects the fact that this is a soul. This is someone's child. This is someone's best friend. This is a, a person that needs uh, assistance. So I do try to, in any chance I can get, say to people, ghosts are people too. And, you know, a, a light example of this would be a woman called me. I'll never forget her. She was so sweet. She asked me to come to her home because she was haunted and terrorized. And I went there and it was like her aunt, her deceased aunt, who was mad about a pie recipe, you know? So, and she chuckled and she laughed and, you know, I said, I'm sorry, but if you keep messing up her pie recipe, she's going to keep opening the cabinets. I can't, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> and we laughed and smiled, but you know, and I, I was in the same boat when my grandmother showed up, I instantly had all of the imagery of, you know, terrifying things and said, I saw a ghost. No, honey, you didn't. You saw your grandmother. Yeah. So you saw a spirit. This is 
it's so important what you're saying <laughs> in so many ways. A couple of things here. So we have to understand the collective that we're a part of, right? And unfortunately, a big part of the collective mindset around ghosts and spirits is the Hollywood movie you know, imagery of it. Many of us, myself included, grew up in this world where my understanding of ghosts and spirits was, you know, the scary movies that I saw coming out of Hollywood. So, of course, we are going to view this spiritual ghostly world through that lens, right? I'll, I'll add in another point of reference here. I'm a big fan of Vedic meditation and Vedic understandings. And Vedic understandings teaches that there is no objective reality outside of us, that there is just the reality that we have inside of us that is projected outward. So we view the world not as the way it is. We view the world as the way that we are. So combining these two elements, if I have a perception and a belief system around what a ghost and a spirit should look like, then that is what I will see. I will walk into that house and I will see something demonic, something evil, something there to get me. But again, that's not what, what Isabeau, what I'm saying here, there is something else that we can sort of dive into. So Isabeau, I guess the question that bubbles up around this is how can someone that is maybe experiencing this, experiencing that the kitchen experience or any other sort of ghostly spirit interaction, What's the first step to take to sort of see the real reality? Oh, that's such a great question. That's such a great question. The very first step is to reset, however that looks for you. So, and, and you heard me say, my grandmother, the dearest, most wonderful person that I love the most in the world showed up and I went right to fear, right to fear. So I get it. An object moves in front of you. You see something, lights flicker. Uh, you see something out of the corner of your eye. I understand that fear hits first. And if that does happen as a result of, you know, our experience in society, reset. Reset and get yourself to that, that, that balanced point of alignment in any way that you know how to do. I don't care if that's downward dog, deep breathing, go outside, stand on the grass, but just reset. Once you've done that, then sit with it and say, is this light? Is this dark? Is this positive? Is this, and sit with each for a moment, right? Because what's that going to do? It's going to do a wonderful thing. When your body reacts to the response that this is positive, you've now opened a door to something that you've probably wanted for a very long time. Someone that, that loves you dearly has showed up for you. If you sit with this and it comes through as negative. This is also a gift because now you know to get some help. <laughs> That's so, okay. oh, so, so and important. What you mm -hmm. just said, so important. Let's break this piece down because this is, mm -hmm. I think, probably the most misunderstood element of entity work at large, right? Is the Is the value of the negative entities, the value of the... The demonic entity. So let, let me um frame this here with a experience that happened to me this week. And I want to get your perspective on this. So <clears throat> I have a mentor in my life that I look up to very profoundly. And uh, he recently came out and proclaimed a new perspective that he had. And 
uh, he, it was coming from a religious lens and he was sharing that this, this experience, basically what it come, came down to is that this person has vowed off plant medicines because of the opportunity that is created when we do such things of opening ourselves up to entities of opening ourselves up to spirits, all these things that we're talking about here today. And whatever you think about plant medicines, put that aside for a second. The main point in the synopsis of what he was bringing up was that if we can stop doing the things that open us up, then now we're going to stop the negative entities from coming in. Now we're going to stop all of the potential, you know, demonic things from coming into our world. And this is where I have a challenge with this. And this is what I want to get your perspective on is we don't live in my opinion, in a, in a universe of, of, of profound sort of wonder, wonderlust and demonic creatures around every corner waiting to, to jump out and get us. We live in a universe of polarity of positive and negative. So if an ent a negative entity is coming into our field, it's like attracts like, so it is coming in because it's resonating with a part of our shadow, maybe a part of our trauma, maybe a wound that we're not seeing for whatever reason. So what, what's your perspective on this, my friend? Am I in this off the boat here? Am I accurate? What's, what's your experience with all of this? Uh, the pol polarity is, is spot on. There is good and bad. There is dark and light. All of it, however, in anything and everything I've experienced over the years. And I've gone into some very dark spaces. I've gone into, um, you know, entity removals that were really difficult, but every single one of them at the core was a soul, was a spirit. And to, to I think, so I want to jump, there's a couple of things that could bubble up with this. The first one, there's a is, lot, right? There's a lot to this. There's a lot yeah. right there. I yeah. love this so yeah. much. The first one would be if someone came to me and said, well, I'm just not going to do that because if I don't open the door, then I'm fine. And uh, my reaction to that is I would request them to sit down and try to feel how much of that was blinders because blinders are not helpful to us at all. And I can walk through a field and say, well, someone says there's fire ants in here, but I'm not going to believe in that. So I'm fine. And then you step on the ant mount, right? So I would, I, I encourage people to do some form of, you know, my practice is called GCP ground, clear, protect grounding with mother earth to anchor yourself, clearing out what, what doesn't serve you anymore, and then protecting yourself. Now it's not protecting isolation. It's protection of allow what's supposed to be on my path to come through and stop what's not supposed to be on my path to not come through. But I do encourage people to pay attention. We don't, many of us, I should, I'll rephrase it this way. Many of us were not taught to take care of our energetic bodies. And our experiences happen to our energetic bodies before they ever land into our physical body. This is why blinders can be harmful. So instead of blinders, it would be a, a care, a, a, a 
daily recognition that you are a spiritual being, you do have that spirit, you have that energetic body, recognizing that in itself will take care of most of it. The other thing that you said that really sparked um, (laughs) the teacher in me, and I love this so much, was the like attracts like. And in the in-between, this is this is what I've experienced. In the in-between, if you have a spirit that is stuck, they have removed one of their three bodies. And just to line this up, we have three bodies. We've got the physical body, it's the container. We have the programming body, it's that linear human mind that's on linear time. Okay. And then we have our spiritual body. That's our spirit. These three bodies come together to have an experience here on earth. When we pass, we let go of the physical body, but the spiritual body and the programming body are the two bodies that go through the transition to the other side. They're the ones that go through the the review process, et cetera, et cetera. So when you run into a spirit that's in the in-between and has not crossed over, they are the exact same person they were on earth. They just don't have a body. This is where blinders don't help. Not everyone here is kind. Okay. And there's a lot of psychology in the in-between that people are working through their emotions and such. And there are individuals who have created a pattern in their living existence of soothing themselves through hurting others psychologically. Okay. We know this. So if you have one of those individuals go through the transition process, decide they're going to stop their transition out of fear, they can linger and affect people the same way they affected in their living. So I have, uh, I've been presented before with a spirit of that nature that was, you know, harmful and, and whatnot. And they do try to at times project or pull fear out of your mind. And so I'll give you a story, which is an example. I went to a, a client's house and she brings me down into the basement and it's basements aren't where hauntings happen. I get it. But this particular story just happens to be down in the basement. And I saw the spirit and it was, uh, it was too tall for the basement. It was hunkered over and it was demonic looking and terrifying and snarling. And it was trying to scare me, but I'm, (laughs) but Harrison, here's the deal. At the time, I was raising two preteen boys. I was tired. I had errands to run. I had kind of run low on my, you know, meter by the end of the day. And I kind of went into mom mode. And I remember looking at the spirit saying, I don't have time for this. Like, whatever game you're playing right now, just know I'm here to love you, to figure out what you need. So just cut, cut the game. All right. And I remember he just sort of shrunk down to this gentleman. He was, he was, you know, a smaller gentleman and he just looked scared. And I was like, all right, now that we've gotten past that, let's just figure out what we need to help you get home. Right. And that's been, it, it doesn't happen often, but when these really dark and scary and it's usually a projection that, that we are translating through our mind and but I, but I, I express this because there are spirits that have become stuck and can cause, you know, harm or, you know, irritation or they can make noises or they want to scare somebody or, you know, this is possible. It's rare, but it's possible. And 
with the like attracts like. This could be a child that's stuck in the in-between that is attracted to a living mother because that mother is such a good mother, right? And they need that. They need that. Or it can be someone who got into a car accident. So they're attracted to uh, a living police officer, let's say, who usually handles car accidents. So the like attract like can be experience-based as well. And we, and we need to stay open to that. But that's how I usually explain how people are attracted to living people. So a lot in there, my friend. And I think that experience, that story, no, but it's, <laughs> we need this. We need this because this is the education I know I didn't get, right? And I, I'm sure many people listening out there didn't get either. And I just, I want to pull out a piece here before you move on to another question. I really just want to encourage just to maybe, you know, add in a summary element here of, I'm a big fan of, and I'm sure you are too, of the David Hawkins, Dr. Hawkins scale of consciousness as we rise up the different levels of energetic emotion and frequency. And when we get to those lower frequencies, right, of guilt and shame and fear and, you know, separation, we don't want to meet them there, right? We want to raise the frequency, right? And what are some things that raise the frequency? Well, it's the curiosity, right? It's the love, it's the acceptance, it's the compassion, it's the openness, it's the... So, you know, if you're in this experience, just from my limited sort of a world of this from compared to what Isabel has beautifully been through, really, as we would in a human reality, what do you want to come into the room with? Do you want to come into the room with more fear, more separation, more tension, more guilt, more shame? Or do you want to come in into that space to enlighten it? Do you want to enlighten that beautiful space with your love, with your curiosity, with your with your compassion, with your acceptance? We're not overlooking any sort of disaster or overlooking any sort of pain. This is what helps us see the bigger picture or see the lesson the understanding, the teaching that might be coming around this, right? Isabel, I want to go back to something that you said of, you know, the the in-between and helping with the crossing over. And we you mentioned something in our pre-chat that I want to get you to hit on now that I think is also something significant that we often overlook within this ghost spirit conversation. What happens? when someone like you or someone else that's doing this kind of work for someone with someone helps that, that soul cross over. Why is that important for that soul to cross over for other people in their reality? What, what in your experience, what tends to happen when that soul does finally make that transition? It's, it's huge. It's the ripple effect that happens from someone completing their transition process is massive. And when I was first introduced to this, I was introduced to this by my first spiritual guide. He was my mm-hmm. teaching guide. He taught me uh, almost everything I know about all of this. And the way that he explained it to me is what I've held very close to my heart ever since. He said, imagine a, a young man walking through woods with a blindfold on and he keeps running into trees and it hurts. And, you know, he runs into another one and another one. And now he's tripped. Now he's falling and he can't get through the woods. This is because, for example, his parent had passed and did not transition. But when you help that parent who's passed away transition to the other side, they're able to return and stand next to their son and say, move to the left, move to the right, 
move to the left. And our soul group on the other side, which is so powerful, soul groups are weaved together through unconditional love. That is in essence, God essence. Coming, and coming our back, soul, that love, that love thing keeps coming back. It is. Point that out. It is. And I, I describe soul groups as, um, like being on a multi-dimensional spider web that goes in all directions. And those that are closest to you on that spider web are your soulmates and then your family members. And these are the people that routinely come down here to earth and to other locations as well to have lifetimes together. And I like the spider web analogy because the web itself is the unconditional love that holds us all together and created us. But I also like it because, you know, when you shake the web, the people closest to you are going to feel it. And that's the ripple effect. Now, when somebody is trying to navigate here on earth, they still have a soul group whose job it is to watch over and guide them. And so if they don't finish their transition to get back, that's one less person that's there to guide that individual to make the best choices for them to, to allow them to have the experiences that they came down here to have. Yeah. It's so, it's so powerful, especially at a time where it's so easy for us to feel alone, right? Especially during this pandemic and everything that's been happening in the world at the moment, you know, a couple of things here. So firstly, I just want to encourage beautiful souls listening to really lean into this, if you're new to connecting to your guides and this soul group, soul family that Isabeau's referring to, open yourself up to bringing that in, right? Often they're waiting for your invitation, right? They honor free will, right? So ask, right? See what that feels like. But it also brings up an important, important point that I'll maybe get your reflection on. It's also why I encourage when people are moving in the physical form, when you're moving through a painful moment, Bring those, bring the guides in then, bring your soul family in then, because there might be a high chance that that same wound that you're working through, there is another member within your soul group that has, that has passed over, might be in the in-between, that is waiting to work through that same wound, right? So if you can do it as a team, right, going back to that like attracts like elements, now you're not just helping you, you're also helping a part of your soul family, your soul group move through that same wound. Have you noticed that, that experience, that phenomena, my friend? Absolutely. So the way that I explain the higher self, the higher self is like a large ball of light and that ball of lights on the spider web. And my higher self is near you on the, on the spider web and your higher self. When we have a life, we take a piece of that higher self out, like a little blip of light and we throw it into a body and send it down. Now, Lifetimes are all happening at the same time. Right? So we're collecting experiences at the same time. If I'm here in, in a lifetime and one of my uh, soul group members, for example, maybe she was my aunt in this lifetime. If her higher self has, has gone through the pattern of breaking soul contracts while li living, you know, divorce or separation or things like this. If that's part of her journey, most of her life, when I walk through a divorce here on earth, she will be by my side because she understands the transition and the purpose of the experience of having that transition. And here's the beauty. She sees it from the higher perspective. She doesn't see it from right or wrong. She sees it from on path, off path. Her only goal is to keep me on path. 
not, there's no judgment with that when it comes from the other side, yes. the other side says on path, off path, not right or wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they come through and sometimes our family members will come through with so much of their personality from this lifetime as well, that it can even be fun. I was just speaking with someone earlier today about this. My grandfather passed a number of years ago and I was really, I I loved, I absolutely adored him. Absolutely adored him. He was a big, tall, tough, loving truck driver type. Don't mess around kind of guy. And there have been a handful of times in the last, like, I don't know, four or five, six years where I've thought to myself, I want to do this and take the leap. And then I had a moment of fear where I kind of went back and went, well, what if, and he'll show up and he'll look, I remember there was one where he showed up and he says, you're not backing away from this. You're my granddaughter. What's wrong with you? You're not chicken. Let's go. And I'm like, yes, sir. I got it. And I laugh and I chuckle but he's fearless. He was fearless in this lifetime. He was fearless in many of the other ones. And so when I need to be fearless, he tends to show up and tease me just enough. (laughs) Get me back to the fearless. Mm -hmm. Isabel, I think it's a beautiful reminder that the spirit, the spiritual journey and path that we're on, it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be this, you know, (laughs) I, I say this from my own experience, right? We can feel like we're just doing the work all the time. That's not the spiritual path. That's a path. That's an aspect of the spiritual path. But the spiritual path is to be here to enjoy this life, right? Enjoy the beautiful moments, but also enjoy the painful experiences that we move through, right? So in those times of, we do get a bit stuck in the mud with the seriousness of the of the life that we have. I think these guides and these and these beautiful people, spirits and ghosts and entities around us, they come in to remind us of that, right? Because that is that is really the reality. That is, you know, it doesn't have to be in that in that serious box all the time. They can have moments where they sit with us and they're next to us and they hold the grief with us. Yes, it's very serious. But then there can be moments where they show up and they look at you and go, "Oh, come on," and you go, "Oh, okay, all right, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm going a little too far down that road, so I'm going to pull back and and joke and laugh, but." The conscious creator energy is very powerful and they help us stay in path with being a conscious creator, being consciously aware of creating the existence and the experiences that we want to have. And if we start to retract from that and pull back, they'll come in and do whatever they know to do that works for us. Everyone's personality is so different. Yeah. Slap, slap our face with some love. Just realize, oh, come on. We got this. We got this. Um, Isabel, I had a couple more questions here before I, I let you go and, and you, you continue your travels in your beautiful RV. I a question that came up before that bubbled up that I it, this is just a personal interest. I know that it might help people listening. You've distinguished this this in-between dimension that souls, spirits, spirits, ghosts, family members can get stuck in based off a lesson they need to see or something they need to release. What we, how would you distinguish a difference if there's a difference between that dimension and the place that we go when we, when we are, when we've learned the lesson and we're purely just either planning the next life that's going to come or resting or assessing, looking back at the things that maybe we could have done better? Is there a difference, right? So I know from the teachings that I teach about, I often connect this to the life between lives. And this is the space where we can connect to these guides where we can, again, learn and move through and do some planning for the next incarnation we have. In your opinion, 
is there a difference between the in-between where we can get stuck and this life between lives where there's more of a sort of groundedness and a preparation style of the energy? So how deep do you want to go? (laughs) (laughs) I I opened the box here. Well, whatever hit me with the first thing that pops up on your heart. The first thing that pops up for me is uh, here's a, a couple of the first uh, little bits that that pop up. The first would be on Earth here, we are in linear time. The other side does not function in linear time. So that higher self that's a ball of light, taking a piece out, throwing it down. Your higher self is experiencing an entire lifetime in an instant and all of them in an instant. As a matter of fact, if you go larger than this, there, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we sending these, these pieces of ourselves down here to have experiences? We aren't technically sending them down to learn. We're sending them down to have experiences on linear time. So we take emotion, pure emotion on the other side. And when you take that emotion and you put it on a linear timeline, that's when you can have anticipation, fear, um, yearning, excitement, surprise. And those are the experiences that we want. And we want them in so many different flavors that we can bring those experiences to create yet another world. So this is world creating platform type expansion. And we also love it as a higher self, this is, I want to go down there and I want to know what it's like to watch a sunrise. You can't watch that without linear time. So the experiences are very important. With that said, this, I I see it as this side and that side. And then that transition space in between, I see it as decompressing from linear time, releasing those lower vibrations that you talked about, like guilt, fear, and shame, releasing that programming mind and stepping back into those higher levels of awakening. When we get to the other side, then, you know, we can bring these experiences back to our higher self to again, move forward, to create other existences, other um, uh, planets and experiences and things like this. That's how I see uh, the transition happening. And for somebody that's stuck in that in-between, they're just holding on to those linear time that fear of linear time, the second they let it go. It's why we hear people who had near-death experiences say it was a pull. It was just automatic. It was, I could feel the love. And so you just get someone even remotely close to that and they'll transition right on over. But I I do see, yeah, exactly. I do see all of our lives happening really in an instant, but the cool part of that, and, and I'll I'll express it this way. I want to share a story. One of my practitioners recently, with the knowledge that all of our lifetimes are happening together, meaning we can heal another lifetime in this moment. We can ask for help from another one of our lives in this moment as well. This is where past life regression does indeed work, just all happening at the same time. One of my practitioners recently wasn't a very good swimmer. She's about 60 years old. She wasn't a very good swimmer and wanted to be. So she sat down, went inside, went inward and said to that other life of mine, that is a professional swimmer, help me. 
Within a week, this woman was doing laps like a pro. And so not only are we all connected, not only is our soul group having this experience, but Harrison, an unlimited number of you has unlimited numbers of experiences and knowledge that you can tap into. Well done on getting that all in so succinctly, my friend. <laughs> that was beautiful. I, I know. I know you you can, did. We could talk for hours. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you. I'm already, as you were speaking, my friends, like we might have to do another episode just on that, this piece here, the connection <laughs> to might. past, yeah, the connection to past lives and the different energy bodies and yeah. And it just, just for people wanting a bit more around this, go back and listen to some of the episodes I did with uh, Shireen talking about past life regressions and the hypnotherapy. And we've talked yes. about, and I'm sure you've looked into this too, my friend, the work of Dolores Cannon and her work with all of those parts. We can, and this is not just a, when you say we have access to the past lives, we don't just have access to past lives in human form, right? We have, if we are a beautiful star seed, right? That we've spent, most of us have, right? Have spent incarnations, not just on this earth, right? But in other planets, in other forms and different dimensions, right? This, we could go deep, even deeper here, but I just, it's exciting, right? And just maybe wrap this up here as I look forward to the future is about the, the future on this linear time. Yes. I am excited that this is normal, that this sort of conversation that we're having, this is the, and I'm sure you've seen a lot in the work that you do in the world, right? It's this is, this is normal. Let's just, why can't this be the conversation that I go have a coffee with, with my mom down the road and other people tune into it because it's, it's reality, yeah. right? This is reality, right? Does that, yeah. does that resonate? Isabel? It absolutely does resonate. And I, I get taken aback every now and then at how grateful I am to have opened in the beginning of such a huge spiritual awakening in our culture and to be a part of it and to witness people touch bliss in ways that they didn't know was possible by opening up to what's real, what's actually real. (laughs) Isabel. Uh, I love you very much. I've really enjoyed this discussion as anticipated, but it went into some beautiful directions that I didn't, and they were just as powerful and valuable. I want to give you the opportunity now, if people have tuned into your love, your frequency, the work that you do in the world, what what do you have out there? I know you have your beautiful Sage Method uh, community and group. What do you want to promote? What do you want to give people listening, my listeners, if they want to sort of connect with you deeper and learn more about your work? I have two avenues for people who want to just dive right in. If you want to just dive in, I have a spiritual online community called the Sage Circle, an incredible community. I also have the Sage Method course, a seven-week course. If you're not quite sure, but you want to put like a foot in and just sort of dabble a little bit, I put together um, something called the Top 5 Intuitive Tools. And even doing just these five tools these five techniques, these five, and it's completely free, jump in, do them, start to witness that channel open, and then start to witness your life shift. And if you did that, it would make my heart leap for joy. And I could hazard to guess that if you've listened to this whole episode, your channel and your frequency is probably already shifting. So you could probably, you know, lean into those beautiful offerings as always. 
if you're looking to connect to them directly, just if you're listening out there, beautiful listeners, go to your uh, podcast show notes and details and you'll see all the links. I'll put them in there for a quick access. Isabeau, last question here before I let you go. This yeah. is the Cosmic Love Antenna. And the main intention really is to pull back the layers that restrict us from that cosmic love that is inside of each and every one of us. And you've hit on it briefly in different ways throughout this chat, but I want to get it succinctly now. How do you personally define that love word in your world? Love for me is the source that everything is built on. And when you look at your actual foundation and let that reverberate up through everything that you are, every molecule, you change your possibilities and you open to all possibilities. We stay focused on the material world. We stay limited. We focus on the non-material world, which is in essence love. We step into unlimited possibilities. What more could you want, right? What, what more could you want? Isabeau, I love you, my friend. Thank you for spending time with me today. Beautiful listeners out there in the podcast world, thank you for giving us your ears, your attention, your hearts. We both wish you a beautiful evening, morning, and night, wherever you are in the world. And until next time here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, stay connected to that powerful cosmic heart. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Welcome, explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul, and I'm your host, Claudia Monticelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast.